Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University and co-author of the new book, The Real Case for Driverless Mobility, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, uh, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. And on top in the latest newsletter, once again, we have a story that will lead us back to the book uh, co-authored by Michael Senna. First, GM CEO Mary Barra said a couple of days ago that GM is looking at the best path to unlock value at its self-driving unit cruise. She called it an incredibly valuable asset. Agreed. It is an incredibly valuable asset. If you tried to deploy it properly, if you saw it in its proper value context, unfortunately, well, actually, you, you really almost tried in San Francisco, but you didn't. I mean, you've 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 done you've done a proof of technology. It does work, even though you did have that crash. My opinion, it can be, it can deliver extraordinary value, but only if you, uh, you know, deploy it in the right context. It's not going to create extraordinary value for use in the context you've been deploying it. That's why you need to read the book. That's why you need to buy a thousand copies and make sure everybody in Cruise and, and GM reads it. Uh, you know, not that I'm pitching the book, but I guess I'm pitching the book. But my goodness, how did you get this so wrong? Anyway. And meanwhile, the head of hardware at Cruise, Carl Jenkins, on the same day as Barra spoke, uh, resigned from the company. That's really just uh, the latest in a, in a whole series of people who either resigned or or were yeah, fired. You know, and who knows what's going on internally and whatever, but, but really it, it wasn't the hardware platform that went awry. Not really. I mean, it was doing a pretty darn good job. And, but boy, the way it was, deployed and the way it was managed and the way it was you know most unfortunately you know in and in I guess the heat of the moment just you know not played right I, but the focus hasn't been correct the, the the market that that was being pitched to good luck that is not going to, that's not going to be the valuable property. Read the book. Which says in a nutshell that the market is to provide disruptive, safe, affordable mobility, driverless mobility to people who need rides. Well, that's, that's what I was finally quoted as saying in the, in the San Francisco standard. Thank goodness. It may be the first time that it's been put in print in San Francisco. This isn't about LIDARs. This isn't about, hey, put a sign on it, driverless. 
actually probably what you should do is put a blow up person behind the wheel to make it look like it isn't driverless. Seriously, I mean, seriously, that's not the value proposition here. To the user, it can be a little part of the value proposition, very minuscule part of the value proposition. The value proposition is because now you have, you're writing code to manage the vehicles that obey you absolutely, you know, 99.99% don't give you any lip back. Don't dig in their heels. And just go out and give rides to the people. Who need rides? And you can end up doing that so productively. I, I think I put it in my testimony in support of Cruz when, when you know, in front of the Public Utilities Commission. I don't know. My back of the envelope says you can do it for... In San Francisco, seven by seven for those who need it. Under five bucks a ride and make money. That's affordable. Did it ever come out of anybody's mouth at General Motors? Did Mary ever say, oh, no. Read the book. Meanwhile, Alan, it's been a week since the burning of a Waymo vehicle by a crowd in Chinatown in San Francisco. And the San Francisco Standard reports that both police and Waymo are in the hot seat. Uh, despite the video evidence out there, no arrests yet. Yeah, well, you know, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, you don't know how to how to... It's tough treating misbehavior. What do you do the first time? You know, you bring out the belt and you, you know, you belt them. Probably not. I don't, I don't know. Probably not unless you're, you know, total law and order person. Yeah, there, you know, there are excuses available both ways. Although maybe not. I mean, maybe not as much as on Waymo. I mean, Waymo should be able to look at this and say, what were we trying to do? Where were we going? What did we do? And and of course, if they want to make a, make a government case out of this thing, then of course, all these deep questions are going to start being asked. And whew, I don't know, the Waymo's nest, you know, sitting there and, and answering those, even answering those well, that does not do you a, a whole lot of good. So maybe it, maybe it's worth just, you know, going back and say, you know, this, this is a corner case, just like all the other crashes were corner cases. This is a safety thing. 
And in fact, that Waymo and San Francisco should be sharing with everybody and saying, oh my goodness, we didn't think this, it would come to this. But now that it has, let's make sure everybody learns from that. One, that people learn to behave. And two, that maybe these systems don't need to be putting it in people's faces such that they go nuts. And mm. so this is this is a this is a learning moment for everybody, instead of a punishing moment for everybody. Maybe. You know, this is this is tough. This is what one has to do when one is dealing with human beings and not dealing with chat GPTs. And so, you know, we need to learn here. We need to sit back and folks need to read the book. Of course, you know, that's my answer to everything, Fred. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to get rich off the book. Meanwhile, Alan, uh, there's more reporting on a pair of crashes that took place in December when two Waymo vehicles hit the same truck minutes apart in different locations. The details are, are important here, though, I think. Waymo says it was a tow truck improperly pulling a pickup truck that was uh, the front of the truck was facing the roadway, um, and it reportedly fled the scene. Waymo says its vehicles misinterpreted the conjoined vehicle's direction of travel. Um, the drive also says Waymo recalled the software, which yeah. is an over-the-air update. Well, one would re one would recall that chat GPT software. I mean, what? I mean, did did Waymo did anybody Waymo really say what dog ate whose homework? What the the fault? It got confused because a vehicle, a, a entity was pointing the wrong way. Since one, since one is pointing the one way or another way, pertinent to you know driverless operation, when you're the only objective is to to move and not hit stuff. Right, an object in front of you. It doesn't matter which way it should. It would be well, I mean, the way it's pointing, one one would one would put in an algorithm. One would spend any time trying to determine which way it's pointing. Who writes this code? Really? I mean, if it was pointing one way and moving backwards, isn't that, it's irrelevant? Put a position vector, velocity vector, acceleration vector, jerk vector, and so on on each of these objects. And then you know which way it's going. Do that implicitly or explicitly, whatever. But what you're 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 spending computer cycles figuring out which way a vehicle is facing in your determination of should I hit it? Do I get around? Do I stop before it? I don't. 
maybe maybe code these days is just oh all about i don't know form rather than substance i i mean what now maybe it's a false interpretation by the writer who may must have taken whatever was really said by waymo here i mean talk about dog ate my homework excuse whoa this is reminiscent of the Joshua Brown thing with respect to Joshua Brown. You know, oh, my goodness, the side of the trailer was white and it couldn't distinguish it from the get out of here. That's not that's, no, I don't know. Hey, I wasn't part of the investigation. I didn't know the details, but come on. Come on, Waymo. We should put a come on, Waymo, on that one. <laughs> Maybe I will. Alan, you included in the in the latest newsletter uh, a new list, I guess, from the California DMV of autonomous vehicle testing permit holders. Pretty short list now. Yeah, it's a short list. And this is where, you know, at least the motor vehicle department says they can and under what conditions. I just think that people should take a look at it as to who has what and who may have the opportunity to do what where in in California. And of course, you know, I guess because San Mateo County is in there now, San Mateo County says, oh, no, you don't hear. Maybe or people are saying, oh, no, you don't hear. And, and of course, you know, I guess. I guess, again, you know, Waymo needs to read the book. I guess what you've been selling, Waymo, up to this point in getting your authorization from motor vehicles, apparently the folks don't want. Now, if that's all you're selling, you know, it may be time to close up the tent and, you know, sunk losses or sunk losses and move on to something else. It'd be totally unfortunate because you're sitting there with an asset that really can do some good to society. When are you going to figure out, you know, when you're going to do real good for society, that society will value. Guess what? What you've been doing so far not a resounding enthusiasm out there for what you're what you've been pitching read the book diana furchuk roth has a piece in uh, forbes headlined american innovation can counter russia's new threat and you included this in the newsletter that threat reportedly involves a new russian weapon that can take down satellites and there are questions about where they are in terms of developing this weapon, but um, I guess pretty frightening. Yeah, it is frightening. I mean, great, Russia. You're going to blow up satellites and cr create debris fields in space to basically then ruin space forever, or at least for a very long ever. Might as well blow up some nuclear weapons, too, and ruin the Earth, too, you know? Why not? I mean, come on. What? 
really? We're going to start blowing up each other's. You know what? You know what happens when you create debris fields in, in, in orbit? All those little pieces going with who knows what velocity vectors, who knows where. And now you have something going around that has to avoid all those suckers. <laughs> well, good luck. And how thick is, is the shielding going to have to be in there? Because, you know, it's impact velocity. <laughs> if the things are coming at you like that, ooh, the impact velocity is like, whoa. Ask Chat GPT, I'll tell you. Was, was that a come on, Vladimir? <laughs> <laughs> That's a come on, Vladimir. That's a come on. What? I mean, you're you're not you're not wasting your your resources enough in the Ukraine, and now you got to waste them there, and you got to waste them everywhere. I guess everybody in Russia must be, you know, nice, well well fed, well housed, well clothed, and happy as 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 clams. What are these folks doing? Huh. I, mean, I, I I guess, you know, forget about it, Waymo. Don't bother reading the book. I mean, you're. <laughs> I wish I could tell Vladimir, read the book. But <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, whatever. Just I guess it's good that I'm getting old, you know, won't have to deal with this garbage very much longer anymore. Alan, Alan. Well, the, the the LA Times reports California EV sales, electric vehicle sales, fell in the second half of last year and asks, uh, is it just temporary or a threat to state, stated climate goals here? Well, you know, whether or not, you know, the EVs were really going to make a dent in stated climate goals is, you know, a fundamental question, of course, still remains. It's, you know, I guess um, when you only, when you really only have one company really with a, with a viable product out there in the plug-in EV field, um, that may not be enough to push it over the top to become, you know, substantive. I mean, it's really tough for a company, at least you know, Apple and this thing had Samsung also pushing these things. So maybe that's that's why it got to be, you know, and and Nokia and others and HTC before them and and so on. You know, the other people that have gone in there into the certainly the plug-in EV business have certainly struggled. And, um, you know, and then the one company that's out there with with the possible viable product out there, just, you know, everybody is so jealous of them or something, I guess, and wants to attack them at whatever, every, every opportunity of, I guess climate's not all that important to a lot of people. I don't know. I right. no comment. Hertz is continuing to backtrack on on EVs as well. They're saying they'll now stop buying from Polestar. They had already uh, cut their their Tesla 
Yeah, well, maybe, maybe the pole star. Maybe I don't know what was fundamentally, you know, not so good about the pole star. It, it having a rental car company put on EVs is, is when when EVs are such a small penetration of the total driver market, and and I, you can tell me, Fred, I don't own one. You do. Wish I owned one. It, it is a little different driving an EV than it is a, a gas car, right? Because you have this thing, regenerative braking going on. And yes, so there, there you, is a, there is a, a learning curve and it's not, I don't, I don't think it's that great within half an hour or so, but if you're, if you're in a hurry, you get a rental car, you're going somewhere, there is a bit of a learning curve. And there's the issue also of non-Tesla EVs, and uh, our friend Ken Pyle is, has written about this <laughs> as well. We highlighted it a week ago. But uh, the problem is that many of the charging stations aren't working as they should if it's not run by Tesla. I have not encountered a, a Tesla uh, EV charging station that's been a problem. But when I've tested the Ford F-150 Lightning uh, some time ago, a year ago, uh, there were issues. Going to a charging station that, uh, well, this one's not working. Let's try this one over here. And then there's a line and it's 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 a mess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and I don't know how other people are with with rental renting cars because of the pricing situation. Appropriately so if you re return the thing with without the, the tank full, then you have to find a gas station near the airport. And, and in some sense, it's. <laughs> The car, the car rental companies have known that that's that's a challenge. That's why they they offer you at least you know, uh, hey, uh, return it back empty and um, and whatever or something you know, and and it's fine, uh, or we'll charge you who knows what the, the, the uh, you know uh, whatever price it is a very attractive price to fill it or something like that, uh, uh, you know, because they know that, my goodness, you're going back to the airport and you got to charge. I mean, what do you do with electricity? I mean, at least, I, I'm, I'm sorry, maybe it's just me, but oh my goodness. I mean, can you believe in Iowa, I was trying to rent a car, and so I just went up to one, I said, just give me the, I want the cheapest one, because I'm cheap guy. Cheapest one, they said, oh, it's an, it's an, it's a, it's a, uh, plug-in ev and i said oh no thank you i'll take a more expensive one i mean can you imagine me taking a more expensive i mean how bad does the thing has to have to be perceived in my brain for me to take a more expensive gas one i mean i just what went through my brain is i said what kind of pain in the butt am i going to face with this thing so if you if you take a list of people, a random list of people showing up at, at a at a car rental counter, you know what's the probability that they're they're going to be experienced EV users? I don't know, point one, point two, maybe. Doubt greater than that today. So guess what? You almost couldn't give them away. I understand that, that you know that maybe Polestar, you know, seemed like it was, it was a very luxurious one, and certainly a Tesla, you know, with whatever people. Would, oh boy, I want to try one. 
So there was an, a, 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 a first time potential attraction that would make sort of the probability of acceptance of a person of that kind of vehicle, you know, something greater than 0.2 or even 0.1. It might be as bad as 0.1. But, you know, with the fleet that they were building and coming out of bankruptcy and so on, I could see they needed they needed a shtick. You know, the car rental market coming out of out of um, COVID, it's amazing it survived. Because in COVID, nobody was renting any car. I don't know. I may or maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I missed it how they survived through COVID. When nobody was traveling, nobody was renting cars. But somehow they did. Coming out of that, one could see, hey, you know, this is a great marketing ploy by by Hertz, whatever, have these vehicles uh, look like environmentally, mm, you know, check the boxes. And maybe people did rent them once. Heaven forbid. I mean, especially maybe with Polestar with... I don't know how they recharge those suckers. I mean, people must have gone. I I don't know. They must have seen it earlier. People were going nuts. It's kind of neat, but <laughs> I don't know how many tow trucks did they have to put out there. What do you What do you do when you run out of charge? You know, on the, on the side of the road. <laughs> well, basically, you shouldn't. Um, let's well, I, I know about shouldn'ts. I, I, you know, the, the vehicle is going to tell you if you're not going to get where you're planning to go. At least a Tesla will. I assume a Polestar would as well. It's interesting. The, the I don't the, know. Well, Ford has confirmed that it is going to be sending the Tesla charging adapters to all of the F-150 and Ford Mustang Mach-E. Oh, is that right? So that they'll be able to go to the Tesla charging stations. I don't know when that's going to happen, but they made the announcement a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, I think that's good, and I think that it, that is very, very um, uh, astute of Ford to do that. And if you think, I mean, somebody, I, the, the whole environmental community should be should be thanking Tesla for for self investing in these charging stations early on and realizing that my goodness without it you almost don't have a chance i mean you're almost done from the very beginning and and so in a, in a sense the brilliance of that i mean otherwise you get cut off at the knees and so, you know, people, I don't know, say, oh, my goodness, they're going to make money off. I guess they should. The brilliance of it. And you look now at the public sector trying to just throw money at this. And, the, you know, the questions is what, as to whether or not charge point is, you know, legitimate, not legitimate, whatever, and so on. Nobody has. I mean, everybody else is like how did they paint themselves into that corner and so and in, i mean doing doing society of 
a value, uh, you know, a sharing and making open the, 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 the Tesla chargers to everybody and apparently not gouging folks in that process doesn't seem like they aren't gouging yet. Do they have the opportunity to, to predatory price here? Probably. I mean, and probably do it in in brutal way. Make Enron look like, you know, child's play. Well, there is there is competition certainly on the way. A group of automakers kind of band, banded together to create a rival network of charging stations using the Tesla standard, by the way. But, uh, yeah, and and you know, and BP and a bunch of the oil companies are maybe doing this too, and so on and so forth, or at least have announced it. Uh, let's see, you know, let's see how many shovels get put in the ground when, and you know, how many electrical connections get get hooked up when, and and where in the heck is the electricity coming from to to you know, with respect to gasoline, you have a you have a truck that shows up and puts the stuff in there where do the electrons come from to, <laughs> to put them in the... i guess have the utility to companies are, are like licking their chops there is some uh, new reporting alan on a tesla crash from 2022 in which an employee who was driving in on uh, fsd beta reportedly who had been drinking was killed in a crash. Elon Musk is quoted by Electric as uh, claiming the vehicle was not on FSD beta. But uh, this is a case, um, regardless of whether it was using FSD beta or not, I think, where it's been acknowledged that the driver, the Tesla employee, had been drinking too much. Well, I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I, I haven't gone through and somebody else can and sh probably should. Maybe they already have gone through all these cases and seeing, you know, to what extent is the driver misbehavior or is it, you know, is it, is it that, um, is it not driver misbehavior that is really the, the, the element in the crash? And this is before the the new capabilities for driver monitoring were were implemented. Uh, following, yeah, it you know, may, the it may very well be, and so on. But well you know, that, right? and and if it is whatever, that's that's the past. In the future, it looks like there's driver monitoring. And as as I've suggested in the newsletter, a little bit tongue in cheek, but not really tongue in cheek. Is it you know? Tesla and NHTSA should just sit down and work together. I think Tesla wants its customers to be safe. It's put this in there to be safe. I take Elon at his word when he says that, in fact, you know, drivers would be safer with this on instead of off. I don't think he's... I don't think he's doing it for the money, you know, but I'm a fanboy. I admit it. But wouldn't it be interesting if, if, if NHTSA and Tesla just kind of cut a deal? NHTSA saying to Tesla, look, you know, 
you could do A, B, and C and make sure and whatever and so on. And in fact, you should really, if people misbehave, you know, take the toy away, put them to the side of the road, ask them for a note from their mother, whatever, whatever. And it's, you know, I'm being a little flippant, but, you know, we can seriously come up with things. And of course, then Tesla could easily implement these things with over-the-air updating that cost them incrementally, essentially zero. Or if it cost them a couple bucks, and they said, which should say, here, we'll pay you. Because compared on all the other things that we would have to do to be able to achieve that level of safety, this is like, this is the biggest bargain in the world. And then, you know, you do it. And then when your customers complain to you about it, oh my goodness, you're mistreating us. Look at what you're treating us like children. We are responsible entities. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Tesla has the covers. Nitsa made me do it. Don't look at me. Talk to your congressman or congressperson. And of course, Nitsa would say, hey, yeah, you know, talk to me. Look, our job is make sure you're safe and let you have a little bit of mobility. Because otherwise, we'll make you safe without giving you any mobility. Because that's how we can really make you safe. Have you stayed home? But we're willing to, you know, agree that maybe it is good for you to get out every once in a while. So we're going to let you do that. But you got to do this. And we made Tesla do it. We beat him over the head. I mean, this is like win, 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 win for everybody. What they make sure they have to do is if somebody, you know, tries to circumvent these things, Oh, I mean, you know, like consumer report reports. Oh, my goodness. Somebody can put a whatever over top of it and hang this for whatever and so on and circumvent it. Geez, the camera there. If it's not seeing anything, then you don't get it. And if it's seeing you doing this, you don't get it. You only get it if you behave. I mean, you take you take you take the misbehavior, and you take that. You begin to approach zero. You do a ninety percent cut in the misbehavior. You know, the other ten percent. You know, it'd be nice if we could get it. The other ten percent are just so tough, and so on. Let's at least get the deal with the last ten percent. Or even last 20%. Let's get rid of the first 80%. It's so easy. I mean, this is an opportunity, but, you know, nobody's reading the book. Nobody's calling me, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) The, The book is called The Real Case for Driverless Mobility. It is out now. And here's a suggestion. If you want to meet the authors, save the date for the sixth 
Smart Driving Car Summit at Princeton. It's uh, from the evening of May 29th through the 31st. And uh, I'm sure the agenda is going to be terrific once again. Yeah, the agenda. The, yeah, of course, yeah, we're going to try to make the agenda terrific. And, and we're going to deal not only with the driverless issue, we're also going to deal with the advanced driver assistance issue. It's not only people that need a ride have the opportunity that this technology brings the opportunity to have them get that ride affordably at a very high quality, which includes safety and travel time and comfort and accessibility and equity and all the other and environmental. That's what the high quality is about. affordably being the key, but also for those who give themselves a ride, who drive themselves, which is what we've been talking about up to this point. I continue to contend that the safety problem in driving is the misbehavior of the driver. And we've had the ability to handle the misbehavior for 50, 100 years. We could have kept people who have been drinking from driving. We could have kept people from from, from speeding. We, have, we could have kept people from running stop signs and red lights. We could have kept people from falling asleep. We could have kept people from, from uh, looking at their cell phones. But we didn't. Why? Because I guess as a society, we don't want to be, you know, that overbearing, that strict, that, you know, Putinistic. <laughs> Can we call it Putinistic <laughs> or whatever? We don't want to control society. We, we like freedom. We like having people have choice. We like people, you know, uh, doing their thing. Don't get out of hand. And so now we can maybe put monitoring systems in these cars. Most people are like, oh man, you're watching me. That's tough. We don't want to get to 1984. We don't want to do that. But, you know, driving is supposed to be a privilege. And if you want that privilege to have that freedom and mobility, then the quid pro quo may be behave. And if you're not going to behave, then we're just going to, you know, pull over the side of the road and tell you take a deep breath, settle down, get your composure back. Now you can go again. Maybe, I don't know. We need a, what, what, we've had a lot of technological people in this and I, and I consider myself a techno jerk. Uh, we we need some sociology people. We need some people people in this. It kind of gets will get us to the point in which you know this is a human thing. It's not a chat GPT, artificial. They call it intelligence. There's no intelligence in that, that artificiality, but that's another issue. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Again, but come to the come to the summit, yes. and you know we're these are tough issues. 
If, if they weren't tough issues, we wouldn't be talking about them. And we're going to be hopefully having having some sane and open discussion about this and try to move the ball forward a little bit. It's, it's good to move the ball forward a little bit as opposed to moving it backwards, which is, you know, it seems to be where we've been going lately. And I'm sure more of a focus on the market. Well, why does one do this? Well, I mean, you know, in strict, strict capitalistic terms, one would think it's obvious. But it seems to be that that some of these people are doing this for what to show off their LIDAR. I, I still can't understand why you would put on a vehicle driverless. I mean, I, I don't know what focus group groups indicated to them that it is a virtue in the marketplace of this stuff to, uh, to announce your driverlessness. Really? Or to announce your lidarnesses? And in and, and cars, it's one thing. In trucking, going 70 miles an hour down the, new, down the Pennsylvania Turnpike, what does it say on the side of that truck? What? Maybe in some distant future. When, <laughs> but we don't get to a distant future without starting from the present. And that evolution, you're not going to make it. You're going to die out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to get there. You have to have a feasible evolution, revolution, through the whole process. Otherwise, the species dies. Darwin told us this. I mean, seems like a fact of life and death. Ooh. Whatever. <laughs> this is all very much fun anyway. It is. And uh, again, the dates are the 29th, the evening of the 29th of May through the 31st. A great place to be, Princeton, at the end of May. Yep. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com. Also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And have a great weekend, everybody. And this is President's Weekend. My goodness. Whew. Everybody must be skiing. I'm not. <laughs>